Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Corridor Digital Podcast, everybody. I'm here in studio this week. Yeah, you are. You're in person. Wow. You're much higher resolution than I'm used to. You might not recognize me here in actual, but this is Jake actual rather than Jake sub-actual. Virtual. Jake virtual. Today's episode is not sponsored by Modelo, but... I mean... Who doesn't love a good Modelo? (laughs) I'm 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 I find myself coming back around to those kinds of beers. Yeah, you know, like Dos Equis, Sapporo, oh, yeah. Corona. Yeah, I know Sapporo is Japanese. They have their place. Yeah, I don't know. I, as, as coming Some from someone who's beer. like, um, I'm a particular fan of hazy double IPAs and yada yada. Like, I don't know. I feel like the beer industry is beginning to lose their way, lose their Whoa. luster. Lose their brew. Let's talk about. Let's dive into that a little bit. I don't know. I was literally chatting with Jen about this the other night too. Because what? What? Wait. You feel like it's losing its way a little bit. Like getting too wacky and it just return to its too roots? many micro no, brews, bro. I like I like wackiness. Uh, so I don't know. A while back when I, I, I feel like IPAs have actually changed over the years. Like. And and this is completely unfounded. Maybe there's nothing to this, and I'm just it's a personal feeling, especially as people evolve over time. Maybe my taste. Brewmaster Ren gives his takes. I'm just thinking about it because the amount of IPAs that are out now is like an order of magnitude more than it was just a few years ago, five, oh, yeah. ten years ago. Like there are not even remotely as many as there are now. So I just got to wondering, like, has that affected all IPAs in general? Just because there are more, because now you have all these farmers who farm, who like grow hops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they used to have a certain amount of customers, clients, <laughs> farming clients. So you think big hops has gotten so big that the, the quality is decreasing? I am speculating that that might be the case. Big hops and like, think big about it. Psych, you, you, dude. you have dude. a certain amount of cropland that you make hops and in. Hops. And, and suddenly <laughs> over the course of a few years, you're having to be like, I need to produce way more. And that's going to fundamentally change the soil and, and all of this stuff. And I'm just wondering yeah. if it's leading to a decline of ingredients now i'm using hops as an example but it could be for a bunch of that's just mass production right yeah i don't know i again i have no idea i have no idea but i i i have had a couple beers that i used to really like what's your theory that's your theory okay my theory is that the influx of demand for specifically ipas a certain type of beer Mm -hmm. uh has shifted the sort of the supply chain to meet that demand and that yeah. supply chain or the, the the need to create more supplies for all of these things has adjusted it's how those supplies down are made the quality i mean i can I'm speak just, i know. can speak a little bit to that in, yeah in, you, in you that. have a lot more actual brewing experience than i do well, well no not even in that context because we're doing honeymead which is a totally <laughs> different thing but like uh lagunitas okay yeah so that's from petaluma california that's where they started and i grew up in nevada which is literally just 10 minutes south of there sure so okay. lagunitas was our local little home brew and i've been to the brewery yeah, actually. yeah it's great you can go have 
have uh well you used to be able to go there and have picnics on the lawn and stuff and it was it's cool you can like you could pick up your beer from their store because you couldn't yeah. get it anywhere. Uh-huh. You could get it, you know, in certain brew, brew uh, like micro brew shops and okay, stuff. Okay, sure. But now, Lagunitas is everywhere. And the quality has definitely, de- like, decreased. Last time I tried Lagunitas, I don't know. There's just, like you said, you can't put your finger on it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like, is, intangible. There's something about, you know, that, that mass-produced product they never can capture the magic of the small yeah. batch mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm you know i wouldn't knock lagunitas as a company like oh they're great you know good for them i'm i'm proud of them for becoming successful yeah but yeah it, like it I, trips me out though that you can walk into almost any like gas station or 7-eleven yeah. and there's like lagunitas and it's like wait that used to be like we yeah. would like go out of our way to pick up like a growler <laughs> of lagunitas like mm. from yeah, that's that's Petaluma. when you know a beer has become mainstream is when yeah. it it goes into the the gas station circulation you know yeah. it's like there are only a few if you can walk few, into a gas station few. and all of the beers there like are the beers that you will find in any store yeah yeah and now lagunitas is one of those and it put ipa i think it really like that Probably, was the first yeah. ipa to really like go viral you know <laughs> <laughs> well isn't it that uh ipas are just easier to brew in terms I, of like it was something in they put the more hops in to preserve it better yeah i think i think mm. You need a little less. I what I understand. I don't. I'm not a brewer, but what I understand is obviously I'm not a brewer. Do I even need to tell you that you're not a brewer? Um, is is what I understand is that there's a, just a little bit more room for error mm-hmm. when you're making IPAs, and you can do them small batch. And to make lagers, apparently, is just a lot more of a process where you need a lot more material and hmm. like yeah. uh, well, well like the term ipa stands for india pale ale and that comes from you know what like two bing, bing, two three hundred years I ago it's a segment of probably history oh yes. well, like, okay, yes. well then here's what probably is yes. that history yeah, 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 yeah. exactly uh, <laughs> guys welcome to probably well, history where based. we <laughs> like what, what give was the name our of the, takes on what we know east, what we don't know and what we east think india history might be go yeah. ahead ren so, <laughs> the east india trading company yeah. didn't they didn't they like condense down the beer to be like more thick so that they could transport more so that it would last longer on these voyages across the ocean and they came from india it's probably okay, history so we got, or they went to india i don't remember the other day it's probably history the yeah. other day at lunch it's probably it was history. it was me nico i think you were there and, and dean um we dean bought something at the market worry markets this hip japanese market so hip well not exactly twenty dollars for they, a they meal they cater to like you know niche, super hip niche drinks mm. and he got something called hop water which is just <laughs> It's fizzy water. I was water. not there for this. Okay, it's fizzy water <laughs> with hops. And they're like, what? it's like beer. And, you know, Nico was basically saying, like, so what? They just took the worst ingredient in beer that makes it taste horrible and then ruined water with it? So, and we were talking more about it. And apparently hops, we were looking up, like, what are hops? Yeah. Like, because none of us actually could pin down what are hops used for. Apparently it's used for the preservation. Um, again, Probably mm. history. Mm. I'm probably wrong. Leave a comment. Correct me. Tell me mm. how dumb I am. But anyway, apparently India Pale Ales, you're right. They were used to preserve them on long journeys. They put okay. more hops in there. Okay. Thus it would have a much fuller, bolder flavor. Yeah, and I'm not a particular be... fan specifically of hops. Like, having some hoppiness is fine, but, like, it it derives this sort of, like, bitter flavor profile and i always like to my favorite ipas are the sweeter ones that's why i like double ipas Mm. rather than say like imperial ipas because they tend to be sweeter they have more like maltiness to them Mm. um 
But yeah, like one of my favorite beers for a while was this one from Golden Road Brewing. They're based in Glendale, California. I used to live really close to them. Uh, they made this beer called Wolf Among Weeds. Mm, Loved this beer. And then one day it was different and like very different. Mm. This was like maybe two or three years ago. It changed. And I was just like, it was completely different beer. Like it didn't remotely taste the same. And I didn't like it. Like not liked it less. I straight up didn't like it. Mm. I've since come around. I and maybe that's because I forgot what the you original one tastes like. Ren. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, I guess what I was starting by uh, this whole conversation started from your, your one single Modelo comment that I've just found myself kind of appreciating like good light, good lighter beers sometimes because some of the IPAs I've had lately are just they're too bitter, they're too heavy, they're just not good. Do you mess around with, me with uh, Belgian mm. wheat ales? Are you? I'm, uh... I'm usually not a fan of Belgians. They're not good people. <laughs> Those fighting <laughs> words in here. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's like half Belgian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I meant like. <laughs> I'll see you after class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they like. I'm thinking of like the like the Hef Hefeweizens type. They always yeah, have yeah. like this the very pig farm quality to them that I've never liked. Pig farm oh, quality. Uh, hmm. I don't yeah. know how to describe it other than I feel like I'm just drinking the water that's been sitting in at the bottom of a pig farm. Says the guy who wow. drinks IPAs. <laughs> talking well. about pig farms. I don't know. There's some sort of like weird like farmy flavor to them to like a like a Belgian or like a Hef. I can a see a it. beer. It's that yeah. wheat flavor i think i i can I see know. where you're coming from Dude, for it's me big like half big half they do have half. like a pastoral quality to them big for sure. pastoral interesting okay well, it's because belgium is all farmland so i mean it makes sense right you know it's oh, authentic okay. that way so. mm. but uh yeah I'm a, I'm a fan personally hill garden hill garden yeah those left. are nice those oh are sweet God. is that where you is that a garden for it is a place for, in belgium or Okay, sure. It is not a, <laughs> garden, a garden of whores. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say whores. Well, where would the hoes be? Where all the pimps be? <laughs> it is not a garden where you pay women money for sex. One time, I actually went to Ho Garden. <laughs> I, I wound up in Ho Garden, Belgium, one Did time you? because I was there. And last time I was over there visiting my family. I got a really cheap plane ticket and I was like, man, this plane trick ticket back home is really cheap. And then I figured out that I accidentally selected the wrong airport and <gasps> that there's two airports. Like there's like Charleroi, which is in the French Southern part of Belgium. Charleroi. Charleroi, however you say yeah. it. And then there was a uh, Brussels, but like for some reason it's called like Brussels South or something on the website mm. portal. So I thought it was Brussels. Dang. So we had to literally drive in like an hour across Belgium. And my cousin, I mean, that doesn't sound too bad. It was really chaotic and, oh. and stressful because, like, I did you not realize until it was like you're heading no, to the airport? It was and like, you're like that oh. morning, oh. and he, he was like, "Oh, we have to go down to freaking like Valonia to like take you to the airport." So we drive like we're just busting through Belgium, and like my cousin, he has like it's like an old like milk truck or something. I don't <laughs> know, but like it's like big farm, dude. Dude, it was amazing. They give everyone milk trucks and. uh it, I got to see all of Belgium and Which then is dope. we like stopped at this like roundabout and like I look over and I'm like, wait, we're in Hogarden. And there was the Hogarden Brewery. And I was oh, like, dude, fun. this is my favorite beer. That's Whoa. awesome. Okay. Anyway, so that was a happy little silver lining there, to the, like, the airport fiasco. Yeah, but. dude, that's it's real, though. It's like yeah. there is I feel like there's nothing more stressful than being late to getting to the oh airport because you don't know what it's going to be like at the airport. Yeah. 
Guys, it's the time for the podcast sponsor. Today we have Storyblocks. You know everything I'm about to say right now, don't you? You've been listening to this podcast. I'm proud of you. Good job. If you want to spend more time creating and less time going through the slog of finding B-roll and stock assets for your projects, consider a tool like Storyblocks. We use them all the time here at Corridor Digital. We've been using them for years. And that's because they're a great product and a great service from a good company. Not only do they offer some of the best high-quality 4K B-roll in the land, but they also offer audio, images, After Effects templates, motion graphics, and more. And they have over a million assets. If you get their unlimited all-access plan, you can download all one million of those assets and use them in any project, commercial or personal. And it is demand-driven, meaning that they are constantly adding new things to their site. Hey, people want this. People want that. They're paying attention. They're active about it. It's not just set it and forget it. So if you're interested in adding that tool to your toolkit, head on over to storyblocks.com slash corridorcast to get started. That's storyblocks.com slash corridorcast. Just another great product from another great podcast. Thanks for listening. And uh, let's get uh, let's get back to the episode. Okay, what's your closest call at an airport where you still got on the plane? Or... Or alternatively, what's your worst airport story? Oh gosh, let me. Worst airport. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. god! Oh, that's. Oh my yeah, god! I got no, involved with that too, because I had to go to the airport to pick up the guns. <laughs> the guns at the airport fiasco. Ah! Can you imagine loading a giant bag, <laughs> a giant duffel bag where the guns don't even fit? They're all poking out of the duffel bag, walking yeah. through an airport carrying guns. Hey, can I check to these? my car? I'm alone, and uh, that, that was a very basic protocol for taking. Take us back to the beginning. Okay, yeah, we got to go back to the beginning. Let me just preface this: there's a very basic protocol for taking firearms or replica firearms into an airport. They were not. They need to be in a hardened, locked case. You present them at the desk for check-in. You say, "I have firearms to present." They take you to a back room where a TSA agent uh, inspects them, puts a slip in it. Takes them away. That's it. That's all you got to do. Easy. Super simple. But we were like young and stupid and we didn't know how to do this process. And so, so commence. What video was this for? It was this for was uh, the Mima. The, yeah. the tank video. Yeah. So where you what, drove a tank through, uh, yeah, uh, 2018 because Clint was involved. Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah. 2018. Well, we had to bring all these props to Minnesota. Yeah, it was and... the second half of 2018. That's right. So it was like, yeah, it was, yeah. Three, four years ago. And what, we just decided to bring a bunch of guns because we couldn't decide on the guns, I guess? Yeah, we didn't know. You never know which one you're going to yeah. need, you know? We just wanted it. <laughs> so to be clear, tactics just... for different environments, different yeah, exactly. enemies. Yeah. So yeah, to be clear, these were all fake weapons. Most of them didn't even work Airsoft as guns. fake weapons. Yeah. They were just... But if you bring a replica firearm into an airport, it still needs to be treated as a real yeah. firearm. And so I wasn't at the airport when you guys were trying to check in. And all that right. stuff. Were, you, were all three of you guys there? Well, you were at the I office, was not right? There. I, mean, I was. I was at the office. I yeah. was literally at the studio. I, I was there with Christian. Yeah, I was, oh, already, I was already in Minnesota. Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. We had like to get there. Yeah, you guys like took a bunch. You shipped a bunch out there, or did you drive it out there? I forget because we were bringing the rest. Why was I out there early? Hmm. Christian's well, saying we're there for some reason. Oh, Are you, do we have a mic you, on you, Christian? We, were on summer we should vacation. get a mic on you. I think that oh, was yeah, yeah. you guys were on a vacation. <laughs> yeah. So me, Clinton, Christian had, you know, a bunch of duffel bags full of weapons and other costumes. Yeah. Attack gear, 
your standard corridor shoot. Just your standard corridor food. <laughs> and we're shit. like rushing to the airport. We have like a lot of no, gear. Sure. And there's like, you know, a couple people helping us load it all in. And uh <laughs> yeah, the duffel bag with the gun barrels sticking out comes up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh they weren't too happy about that they, they, were, they were just like on we can't we yeah. can't allow this in and we're like oh no it's uh plastic they're just airsoft they're, they're fake they're fake and uh, <laughs> like yeah we don't care no I, i'm again i wasn't there i'm presuming yeah so they wouldn't let us fly with them but our plane was about to take off and luckily there were some props already out there i think but yeah we're like okay well this is like a lot of airsoft gun props that we need so right. What are we going to do? Like, we can't just leave these here cause, and they'll throw them away. Yeah, that was the option. Is like, yeah. well, you can't take them, but you can't, like, miss your flight and take yeah. them back. No, and you can't leave them unattended. Yeah, they were they were literally going to throw them away yeah. Yeah. until, I forget the guy's name, but one of the, one of, like, the bag workers there. Christian, you remember it? Yeah, he was cool. He was a saint. He should be a, he, we should put a, a mural. We on should put a mural. We should put guy. a picture of him. I felt yes, bad for him. He like was, right he was a, he was a foreign dude. I think he was from Africa. Right I don't know which, but he had like an accent and whatnot. And he was a very nice guy. You got me, you sent me his number and I was trying to get there and it took me almost an hour to get to the airport because yeah. it's LA. And we gave up on the guns. We're like, okay, like we can't take these guns, but Jake's going to kill us if we have to leave all and throw away all these guns. What am I going to kill you with? I mean, <laughs> many guns, dude. You're out in Minnesota with a tank, okay? That's true. Yeah. That was. We're so, going to a tank range. I mean, yeah. So I texted this guy that, hey, I'm on my way to pick them up because he was sticking his neck out for us. He did, man. And I didn't realize how far out he stuck it until I get there and realize his supervisor is furious. Uh-oh. She was not happy. Like, yeah. Uh, fortunately, because I, I text him, he's like, okay, see you soon. And he's like, are you here yet? I'm like, oh, no, I'm not even close. And like his text oh. kind of started getting more and more nervous. Uh, and I finally like pull up. This is also in the era where I had that, that convertible and the, the engine would overheat. <laughs> oh, man, that so was a man whole thing. pulls up in an overheating convertible at the pickup and drop off at Los Angeles uh, International Airport <laughs> and uh, runs out a bunch of uh, <laughs> long rifles in a duffel bag from the security to the car in broad daylight. I threw them in the back seat and they all just... (laughs) And the smoking car took off. Yeah, that's like actually what happened. And I I talked with the supervisor. I was like, please don't punish this guy. And she she was like, I won't. He learned his lesson. I'm like, that's ominous as hell. Wow. But I'm going to hope and trust that he did not get fired. But I worry that he's not up for promotion. For the federal government. The federal Sorry. government <laughs> runs the airport. TSA, TSA Wait, does run. He, oh, I don't think it was airline? TSA. Well, oh, he was like, uh, like airline. I think he worked for he the airline. No, he, he was sticking his neck out. He's like, yeah. no, you can't go to TSA. Here, I'll take him. Oh, and right, like right. he he right. waited there with the guns and let us go to our flight, and we would have missed the flight. He was but like one of those guys who who he, like he, will carry your bags in from the car, like at the yeah. He was a good drop guy. off, man. Shout There's out. some quality soldiers out there, ladies and gentlemen. I really wish I remembered his name. I remembered it for a long time. Doesn't matter sure now, could, though. We could find a text it. chain about it or something. <laughs> yeah, it's Christian. Do you have the text chain? I don't know if we yeah, should it, say pull, his pull name. Pull up the text no. chain. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to. 
from so, <laughs> so that whole shoot though let's continue on this journey yeah so that was when i was like okay now i'm heading into work and continuing on whatever it was i was working on so then they get there you guys land and then you're we immediately have to go to uh minco what was it minco it wasn't min it was lakota lasota lasota yeah. minnesota <laughs> Minnesota, Minnesota. Yeah, outside of St. Peter. And uh, we get to the... They're like, yeah, we, we, yeah, we have the RV. Oh, we're gosh, like, because yeah. remember, we were going to buy an RV. Yep. And they're like, okay, because we're going to run over an RV the with The whole thing tank. takes place inside an RV that someone lives in. Yeah. yeah. And so we're going to run over an RV with a tank. And that's the goal. And then they're like, okay, we have the RV. I'm like, you guys bought the RV. They're like, yeah, we have the RV. You don't need to buy the RV. Because I was going to buy like a non-working or like barely functional $5,000 RV. Who's they? Uh, the uh, production. World okay. Tanks. In, in the production in conjunction with the facility gotcha, had, had sure. purchased the RV. As opposed to like Sam and Eco. Yeah. And it was a long, <laughs> like double wide. It was a big trailer. Um. And uh, with the polyester curtains and the redwood deck, yeah, it was it was redwood. Nice piece there, Mm. Clark. A nice piece. (laughs) Woo! You see this sick battle axe? Well, this is in honor of Son of a Dungeon. What we're filming here in the studio this week. But enough about what we're filming in the studio. What I want to tell you about right now is today's sponsor, Manscaped. Now, just in time for the new year, the whole new year, new you thing, right? Nobody likes to hear that phrase, but you know what you do like to hear? Where you can get some great personal hygiene products for a reasonable price, and that's where Manscaped comes in. They have this year, for 2022, the Performance Package 4.0, the flagship item of the Performance Package, is the Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer. This is the fourth generation of the classic trimmer that Manscaped is known for. It's got the advanced skin-safe technology to reduce cuts and nicks in unwanted places, and it also has a 4,000K LED light so you can see a little bit better in those hard-to-reach, hard-to-see places. It's also got a little travel toggle thing so you can turn it on and off when you're traveling. It's overall just a fantastic trimmer, and with the Performance Package, you can get that and more. You can also get the Crop Preserver and Crop Revival formulations, which are perfect to have you smelling good and feeling good all year long. And of course, the performance package comes with the Shed Travel Bag and the Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs to make a nice complete package for when you're on the go or when you're at home just to get you going for 2022 and you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code CORDORCAST right now that's manscaped.com with CORDORCAST as the promo code and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping anyways let's get back to that episode anyways we get there the RV is completely gutted pretty much it so, was not a Mima's home. Right. We were supposed Let's to we were supposed that. to have a whole scene in there where there's like I'm <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> where there's a whole kitchen scene, there's a scene in the bedroom, there's there's all kind and it's supposed to be set up like it's a normal home and there's nothing in the RV. So when you then, say nothing, are you talking like open floor plan nothing like literally empty no, or there were walls kind of but they, but no there was furniture. So, there was no, no furniture. Broken at all. glass. Yeah. Sharp, splintery wood. So we had old. to make it look like it hadn't, wasn't ready to be completely demolished. Yeah. And so these guys rush to the thrift store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing this clear story. Out. It's in a video. They clear the out. Video. Right. They're gonna do like two or three trips. We got like truckloads of Mima store. of old Mima furniture. 
and as we were doing that, Sam was like hammering shit into other walls and like yeah. trying to fix cabinets. They made a so kitchen they looked, facade. Yeah, yeah. A full kitchen facade. No, we we like wow. we made full the kitchen, cabinets. We did a whole living room completely Dude, with, with candies in box, the glass. Man. You, oh, you didn't get the potato box? No, I never took it home because I had Where to fly. Where are you going to throw your potatoes? Dude, I don't, it would have been perfect. <laughs> they just sit there on the counter, don't they? You know, that's what sacks They are had for. this really cool uh, hand-carved, hand-painted potato box. And oh, it had some, yeah, it had yeah. some like, homey joke on it, like potatoes. And onions, it said, I believe. Potatoes and onions, yeah. yes. Yeah. Golly. Onions. I wish Golly. I would have taken that. You know, we can, <clears throat> I'm sure we can find you a potato and onion box. Yeah, but not like that. That was like handcrafted by a fine, like the son of a German immigrant, you know? True, 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 true. Man, that, that thrift store though, like they just had like the day of the year. Oh yeah. <laughs> can oh. you imagine coming into work and being like, whoa, whoa, you're taking everything? So then they Great, take everything. okay. Then they yeah. set it all up and it, it worked. You guys pulled it off. It worked, yeah, for the purpose of like, hey, we're gonna destroy this with a tank. You Let's can't tell. It. No, you cannot. It tell. looks like a plausible Mima's home, and that's all that matters. Yeah, and then they were like, oh, and by the way, we don't have a tank. We have a armored oh, personnel yeah, yeah, carrier yeah, yeah, with yeah. no barrel. So you're gonna run it over with that. Yeah. And also, the World of Tanks logo is on the front of it. So <laughs> there's that, <laughs> which like, we cool. managed to paint out to oh, yeah, relative yeah. success. But uh, that was that was a wild shoot. That was a wild shoot. I just remember the bugs, dude. Yes, you and Clint about the bugs. God, you guys would not stop. They were filming in the woods, and Clint was just <laughs> Clint was just going, going <laughs> the bugs. <laughs> Why are there all these bugs? Sorry, I don't like that. Because you're in the like woods you, in Minnesota in late <laughs> I didn't July. Grow up eating bugs every time I open my mouth. Okay, Akuna Matata. I don't like well. bugs in my eyes. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I did, yeah. son. That's unpleasant. I've had that. <laughs> That's just a normal day in Minnesota. <laughs> it is. In Minnesota summer. Well, the thing is, like, we get there, and I'm like, why do all these houses have screen porches? Who, yeah. who the fuck? I'm a California. I'm like, why would you put <laughs> a screen on your porch? Why do these houses have screen porches? <laughs> oh, my God. It's so ugly. Yeah, what the fuck? It's really why? throwing off my vibes. It's throwing off my beach vibes, brother. Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> the bugs. It's the like bugs. I gotta be hungry for dinner still. I don't want to be eating bugs all day. Sit down Who needs moment. dinner when you got bugs? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying, dude. Did you grow up eating bugs, James? Oh, so I grew up eating bugs, son. <laughs> you know what we used to do? Three square. You know what meals we used to do for fun when I was growing up? Eat three, bugs. Three probably. Bugs. We used to go. I was the youngest of four siblings, and uh -huh. I was always the rat in the pack. Not a and bug. They used to me and my neighbors and my brothers. We used to go out into the woods, and there was this train track that went across the river, the mm -hmm. St. Croix River, which separates Wisconsin and Minnesota. And we would just go out there. It's this high bridge that goes out like three hundred feet over the over the river. Oh, didn't like we boat under there? Feet. Yeah, didn't we boat under. Yeah, that we bridge? boated under yeah, there. Yeah, it yeah. looks like something out of like yeah, a, super fucking high up, like a steampunk. Movie. Oh yeah, dude. It's Your made parents out of must iron. Have you oh really? It, yeah. It's not like a futuristic looking bridge. No, no it's like it, an old truss. Yeah, I'm thinking of it. It looks bridge. like an old truss. It's an old truss bridge. Yeah. Um, and uh, huh. so we would just go. We would just go down there, and there was a rumor that there was a ghost that haunted it. Ooh. So we would go down there and look for the ghost, and then you know throw rocks and off uh, of it. Yeah, you go over the river. Yeah, yeah. Smoke cigarettes. Ever out there. jump off, like Sometimes. to dive or something. 
jump. No, we never jumped each off. Other? That would, oh, okay. Well, there was a rope swing oh, down by yeah, the bottom of it. One. So you could you rope should, swing You pointed off. that you out. Never, it was still there. People would commit suicide off the top of oh, it. Oh, jeez. That's how high up it was. That happened a few times. Yeah. So that's what I did. <laughs> and there was a lot of bugs. I'm, I, well, that's what, I, I didn't. You didn't have to tell me that. I assume so. Just depending on I the time of year, I wasn't playing these Super Nintendo. If you had fallen off the bridge, you probably would have been like slowed by yeah, all the bugs in the air. There's no bugs. It'll slow you down. There's a tale of a kid who jumped off one time and got caught by dragonflies. He actually went. Oh, oh man. Yeah. He actually, he started falling, and then they caught him and like blew the, him off. The fizzy poppin' juice or whatever that Willy Wonka mm-hmm. drinks. I forget what it's called. But. Yep. That's what happens. Fizzy lifting it. drinks. Fizzy lifting drinks. Fizzy popping juice. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all have stories of like just being dumbass, oh, shitty man. kids. Like our parents saying, "Go play in the woods," and then we'd go. Dude, I grew up in Louisiana, where we had this bayou down the street from our house, and I moved away when I was twelve, so I haven't been back since. But we had this this little area of woods next to this bayou creek, and there are alligators in it. What is a bayou? It's like it's like a Backwater. cross between a creek and a swamp. Okay. And it's like it in a marsh. It's the bayou, you know. It's a low backwater. <laughs> the bayou. And we and they're like someone had built a treehouse here years before uh, I'd been born, and and like expanded. So there's like this two story uh, treehouse that had this bridge going to an actual tree. It was super cool, and we'd explore all this other stuff through this whole wooded area. It was a lot of fun. It was really oh, cool. That's awesome. And alligators just don't care. They're like sometimes we don't know if they're alive because they just sit there, not doing anything. You didn't mention. I mean, I assume there were gators, but oh yeah, no, there were gators. Any danger at all of falling in the water? Your parents just let you play with the alligators. Well, okay, I'm not going swimming in in the in the actual water, and there's no danger of falling into the water. It's not that much. Uh, It wasn't that much of a bayou. Kids these days weren't out there playing with alligators. But that's where my fear when of spiders comes growing from. Growing up. Because we had these banana spiders that are literally oh, yeah. the size of like an adult human palm. And 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 they would have like these abdomens or thorax, whatever yeah. it's called, that would like it was shaped like a banana and they had these crazy designs on them. They're freaky looking. I've they're seen super banana freaky spider. looking. And their webs would literally be like ten feet across between trees and they would Dude. sit right in the middle and I so they'd be floating oh. and like we're talking something that if it hits your face it's the size of your face yeah. and they're just floating in the air at face height dude awful <laughs> there's nothing I'm, I'm sorry i think there's nothing worse <laughs> you still have trauma from this dude i i do man but i've gotten a lot better because there's so many black widows uh here in la and I have to go through and kill them all with bug Dude. spray, and so I've I'm, I've killed hundreds of black widows over the last year. Yeah, the man. bugs, spiders, the bugs. <laughs> spiders are just creepy, and more brown widows. You know There's not too many black widows. I used to have brown widows in my room. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. that's and they're like you have brown widows in your room. No, so like the first apartment, my, my old apartment, the first one I moved to in LA, it was an old um, building, and like the window, they were like those '70s windows that were slat glass, mm-hmm. and there's no it right. doesn't close all the way. Yeah. Like little guys can just come through. Right. And my bed was right next to that window and there's a garden outside. And like literally like once a month, I would under my bed, I'd do the sweep for the brown widow. Gotta <laughs> kill do the, the brown. sweep. Yep, gotta uh, do the sweep. Because I, I know sweep. there's a little brown widow nesting under my bed. And right. every time there was. And they would just chill, you know, they'd be fine. We got along, but and then I'd kill them. But 
they look just like black widows they but, do but they're bone color yeah exactly and they have an orange uh, i used an to, for a while i thought they were black widows mark. until i saw an actual black widow and i'm like oh my god you are pretty yeah, like pretty terrifying pretty terrifying absolutely but they pretty. have this super like specular reflective yeah. blackness that is like it's like oh, they're black. Like, black. It's yeah. it's a bizarre type of black. It's hard to describe. Yeah, and gnarly. it was immediately like, oh yeah, all these other ones are not black widows because this is a black widow. It makes widow. the red pop a lot. It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is a creepy spider. Kill him. What, what? There's out there's a creepy spider that I I don't know if brown recluse spiders are out here mm, or not. No. But these things, they're in Texas. And they'll they don't like they're not aggressive and they're slow. They're weird, creepy, slow the spiders. Like? They have obviously they have eight legs, but they're they like it looks like almost when they walk that their legs are broken. Like they don't you know a normal spider is like this and it, it walks kind of consistently and fast. Yeah. Even a black widow. These ones walk like this. And their legs are like bony and crooked, and they have these little violin shaped bodies, and they have huge fangs. Ugh. And they're poisonous. Um, and do they go I, in the house a lot? I've seen two of them Is in that, my house, oh, okay, and I've killed them both. Outside. Yeah, and then one time one was on my backpack. I told you this story on the podcast, but a few like it was many episodes ago. But I was heading to LA and I grabbed my backpack and I went all the way to the airport and then I went to go throw something in my bag when I was at the airport and I opened up the flap on the top <laughs> and, and at the top of the flap underneath there was a brown recluse spider just sitting in there. And I had taken this thing all the way from my closet all the way to the airport terminal. Mm-hmm. And it was just sitting there. And we've come full circle. Yeah. To airports. <laughs> and we have come full circle. Did TSA airports. let you bring the spider through? TSA. Is that too uh, yeah. I had to fill out a form. <laughs> they confiscated yeah. it. Yeah. Um, they gave him back to me Can when I landed. Yeah. But yeah, but these things have gnarly, huge fangs, which is why they're able to. Oh yeah, bite through human skin. They get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. There's a there's one story from I used to go to like scout camp every summer when I was in scouts, mm-hmm. and they gave us these like old lean-to tents that were like old military surplus lean-tos, mm-hmm. very simple canvas tents, but dew would condensate on top of them every morning, and inside was warm, so we'd wake up and every single morning there would be hundreds of these they're they're a subspecies of arachnids but they're not actual daddy long leg spiders oh i know what you're talking about they have one body segment instead of two i know i know exactly Um, because they're the type of quote-unquote spider that everyone thinks is a daddy exactly and they're commonly thought as a daddy long legs but yeah they have the one the one kind of it's almost like an octagonal or hexagonal like body segment Oh, the ones that huddle together yes, in, in groups? Yes, and they live in packs, yes. dude. They are communal spiders. They don't yeah. weave webs. Right. Um, and they just, they're little, like, you know, scroungers. They scrounge yeah. little bugs, little scraps, moss. Daddy long legs are cellar oh, spiders, dude. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they go by many names. Right. But these guys... Well, those ones go by daddy long though. legs, they're, they're, like, little, like, uh, like those little, uh, from Spirited Away, those little soot I monsters. Was, I was cutting you know, some trees freaky. in my yard uh, this summer, and there was this oak tree that's next to a fence, and it's a wall, it's a stone fence, and and on the other side of the oak tree, on the back side of the oak tree, in the little corner, was an entire ball. Yeah. And it looked like a hairball. It oh, looked like a guys. giant pelt of fur. 
There were so many of them. They're so creepy. Sitting in there. Yeah. I didn't disturb them because they were outside. I mean, and it was like their natural environment. I don't find those ones quite as scary, but like, yeah, it was certainly like you'd wake up to them and they'd just be right above you. Yeah. Because like, the they love was those pretty not gonna lie, guys. I'm officially over this conversation. <laughs> they love those. Little I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not. I'm not liking this. Anyway, airports. Airports. Ren's suck. phobia uh, of spiders gets him again. Ren, when are you gonna confront this phobia? Dude, I did. We made a couple videos about it. Well, yeah, but I feel like you know you still you still haven't fully confronted it. I mean, I've been doing it privately, like I've been saying. I've been I've been battling the the widows. At my house. Battling the widows. I had to, Dude. I had to, uh, I'm not really scared of ghosts, but I had but. to, <laughs> but they freak me out a little bit. And there's, uh, above my, above my garage, uh, it's like dark up there and, um, there's a light that I t- turn off and every time I turn that light off, I feel like there's a freaking ghost up there. Mm. And so one day. Presence. I just said, you know what, ghost? I'm going to go up there. I'm going to go into your territory. Oh. And I went up mm. there in the pitch black dark, okay. and I just sat in there until I wasn't scared anymore. It sucked. <laughs> but now, I not, now I'm not as scared to go up there at night. Dude. <laughs> I'm not that afraid of darkness. Afraid of the dark, you know? Unless they're spiders. I'm, I'm afraid of the potential of the potential. a spider in the dark. Of a, of a single spider I'm in the dark. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like I can I can look at a spider and I can be near a spider and it's not that big of a deal. But the moment the chance or possibility of that spider making contact with me in some capacity becomes non-zero, I'm not okay. Would you ever handle a pet tarantula? No. Tarantulas aren't even... Poisonous like, no, that's fine. That's fine. I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I have no desire to overcome this fear. Pool skimmer the other day. What? <laughs> yeah, it was like, I don't know. It wasn't full sized. It was like maybe that big, but it was yeah. just, yeah. Didn't know what to do. Was, I like tarantulas because I don't know. I, I'm, I'm less afraid of tarantulas because they're so slow. They're these. Big chunky things that just chunky things just, they're going about their day trying to, they're like they're, they're the tortoises of the bug, they industry. really are. They're the like industry, <laughs> the bug, dude. It's all a big bug, it's all big bug, it's all big, big bug, bugs trying to get big us. hop and big psych, dude. Don't let big psychology tell you what to think, okay? <laughs> Don't let it. Big psychology. Big Wait, psychology. is that is that the is that a son of a dungeon inside joke? Yeah, yeah that's right. Okay. Don't let big psychology <laughs> control your thoughts, man. Break yeah. free. Yeah, the big bug industry has been going on for too long, man. I'm, I'm okay with snakes. You got that the appetite for no, the bugs. We've got, out the, there. we've got the monopoly on bugs. Bugs used to be higher quality, and then you know mass <laughs> production. Yeah. And then it's mass kind of, production happened. It's kind of, and then that decreased. Yeah. I don't know. I, I going back on that that beer thing though. I may be just completely out of my mind, and and none of that's true. It's just what I feel is true. So therefore, it's probably true, right? Right. That's what I. <laughs> that's, that's how, how it I works. How right. Truth works. It's how you feel. Yeah. Like, it's all based, about how you feel. If it's I how feel you something feel in your gut, mixed it's with true. mixed with mixed with what you based on your preconceived notions, what is what you think is probably true. What sounds plausible, not even what's probable, what sounds plausible mixed with your own feelings. Equals fact. Equals yeah. fact. Mm-hmm. Well, now it does. 
Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah uh, that's how it age. <laughs> it's impossible to live outside of a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. So we shot Son of a Dungeon. Yeah, day one. Day one. First not two episodes. Yeah. We did that. Was that yesterday? That was By yesterday. the time this comes out, day two will be shot as well. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So this so, is coming out next week. Okay, yeah. We're shooting day two on Friday. It's How's it going in your opinion? It's going well. Yeah. Like, I think it's going pretty well. I uh, I had a lot of fun on Monday. I'm more... I don't know how to describe it. It's not that I was inexperienced last year. I was, but I, it's more so the fact that like I'm now I now have that experience playing with you guys, playing with Sam, having this whole like sort of expectation of how a story can play out, having all the whole table. I have very little experience playing with such a, you know, an ornate table. Uh, There's also I have more experience knowing my character, you know, like knowing what how my character should feel about certain things right. and therefore how I should respond right. in certain situations. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited for for how my my character's journey will hopefully play out with everyone. Yeah, no, I feel that, too. I, I think we're all a little bit more comfortable playing in the characters. But there's another element here, too, that was new for me as well last year, which was how do you. Because we're not just playing the game. We're playing the game for camera, too. Yeah, it's a show. We're making a so show. So how do you... Because there's another aspect there. Normally, when you play, you can... Are you in character? Are you out of character? You play how you want to play based on your comfort level with the character, your comfort level with the game, yada, yada. But now there's this third element, which is playing for the edit. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you're t- being very specific about when you're talking to another character... You're not talking to like when I'm talking to Bob when when Warren is talking to Bob, Jake is not talking to Ren. Like B- Warren is talking to Bob and yeah. Bob is talking to Re- to Warren. Yeah. That, exactly. that that I feel like we have done a lot better job of so We're making far. a much bigger effort yeah. to make that more cohesive yeah. this year. It worked fine in first in the first season, but you know, one of the bigger notes from Sam and uh Carmichael was just that if we stayed in character and treated the other, you know, fictional characters as if they're there in front of us, like right. let's, this is role playing. This is yeah, we're supposed to and be not jumping across lines when it comes to, well, if there's people having a conversation and your character's not there, you can't just jump in and go, yeah, oh, you know. And fortunately, Sam's very good about moderating that and knowing when uh, that should be enforced. Yeah, but uh, but also, you know, it's like he, his whole thing is that like when you're talking to a character, that character is me talk to me right as if you're talking to that character uh as opposed to uh does does this person th- agree with our sentiment and she's like why are you talking about this person i'm right here in front of you like right <laughs> that's sort of that and so that's kind of how we're thinking a lot with with our interactions and i feel that actually is going pretty smoothly yep i definitely think that's going to help a ton with the immersion and um well this that's just going to tell a better story at the end of the day so more on that to come, and uh, man, it's also weird how my perception and memories of season one are warped by the fact that it now lives in a video. Yeah, you know, it's like I, I'm sure you guys experience this all the time with the regular videos we put out all the time. Where it's like you have all these memories of making the video, but the only actual like archive, like tangible archive of those memories is the video itself, and so. Sometimes you don't remember certain aspects of what happened uh, because of how the edit plays out. Maybe it recontextualizes certain moments and that recontextualization ends up becoming your memory over time. You know, your memory is not yours. 
Your memory is documented in the form of yeah. a video. Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean, though. Like, uh, it does, it does have that effect. But- I I had totally forgotten that I had the whole horn of blasting thing ready to go with the actual horn <laughs> in season one. Yeah. Uh, like I'd totally forgotten about that. And then I, cause I I'd, I'd watched that last week <laughs> cause my whole thing was that I wanted to surprise all you guys that I had an actual horn. And when it came time to blast in the horn, I, I had freaking Clint's bonky horn. It was like, <laughs> and I had forgotten about it. So I surprised myself. I was like, Whoa, yes, it worked. It worked on me. <laughs> I surprised myself cause I'd totally forgotten that I'd done that. <laughs> So I was very happy about that. Yeah, anyway. Yep, there's some big monsters this season. Oh my god. Season two. Uh, Sam's really going hard. Yeah. He, 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 uh, he, he, I think him and Carmichael both said, hey, these guys are too powerful. We need to hit them with everything we got. Because as soon yeah. as season two starts, <laughs> you are right in it. Yeah, I guess I don't I don't want to spoil what the, yeah. the first encounter is, are, but I'll it's just, like immediate. You are in it right away. <laughs> Because season two literally begins not even a minute after the end of season one. Like, we we start off the season yeah. still damaged well, from our final battle. It's just a continuation. Yeah, it's like, it's not like, oh, we, we, we've now had this, we've gotten down to, you know, whatever, uh, we've now started this new campaign. It's like the campaign never finished, and we're finishing it now. But now we're high level. We're starting off this campaign at essentially level nine. Which, if you're not familiar with D&D, is a pretty high level. It takes Wait, some time to get there. So your level changed, but your damage didn't change? Well, we start at level well, 8, and then there's a long rest. We explain that. Yeah, oh, okay. that's, that this is starting to get into, like, the, yeah. the technical, mechanical details of D&D. Yeah, we're, we're shifting over to, like, a, a long rest-based... Uh, every every day that we shoot, we're, our characters level up. Which is essentially what we did last year, but we're doing that based off of XP, so we're... Wait, this, sure. Every time we have a long rest and there's enough XP. Well, I'm, okay, no, 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 no. Day. I mean, like, last year at the end of every day of shooting, yeah. which was about two episodes, we would level mm-hmm. up our character. So we went from level five to level eight over the course of season one. Right. We started off at level five because it's a show. We don't want to, you know, no one wants to watch us fling sticks. And so <laughs> hey. it's, it's a small, subtle detail. I don't even know if it's worth talking about. Basically, mm-hmm. instead of ending the session with a level up and starting the next session, it's like mm-hmm. you end the day with uh you level up your character you go through the the steps of you know choosing your new spells or your skill tree etc but those don't go into effect until you've taken a long rest in the next episode if that makes sense are you guys like showing that on in the episode you guys choosing your new spells and everything or is that not no no but it now creates this situation this incentive to get into a position to take a long rest yes you know, like we get dropped right into it and all of us are like almost dead. And we're like, we got to find somewhere to rest. It's like a major motivating factor for us. <laughs> There's no motels in Cecilton. <laughs> yes. There's all no been motels in Cecilton. <laughs> but it's no. fun. I, I find myself being very excited going forward for the season. Also, I, I realized I just had to really, really get into the mind space of D&D for, for our session because we filmed what Tuesday so I, pre- I pretty much spent most of Monday 
thinking about D&D. And then at night, I was just rewatching episodes and just like that was the only thing I was thinking about. And I really feel that that really helped put me into a position to be able to perform on camera while also playing a game. You know, it's I don't know. Yeah. No, I was doing the same thing. I was working on my character all day and it's yeah it's moments like that where i i find myself getting it getting what actors mean when they say they talk about prepping for a role and all the stuff they have to go through in order to just do something because it's like i don't know acting some of the times isn't that hard you just like you say some words you try to like emote a certain way and that's acting but it's like that is such a superficial take like you know you gotta, like you real acting requires being a character and being a character takes surprising well, a surprising amount of effort on that note yes. i think this is a perfect place to end the podcast because nick Jake's and i have something some... very special for everybody in a few weeks on uh quarter crew youtube so stay tuned for that consider subscribing and uh that's all we can say because ren's in the room um yeah. so remember that batman surprise video Thanks for watching, everybody. Except Batman, don't don't thank him. He never he never came back. <laughs> you Batman wanna, left. You want to hear Three Sheets to the Wind? Yes. From Son of a Dungeon. Do do, do I? Do I? All right. Or is that sacred? Three sheets to the wind. Three sheets to the wind. <laughs> I've been around the world and back again. Three sheets to the wind is where I begin Until my time comes to an end And we'll all go sailing on When the rulers are buried at sea And the hearts of men are good again I don't remember this part, but it's how it ends. Three sheets to the wind. Three, two, one. Ah!